Welcome to the Naples Community Church Podcast with Pastor Kurt Anderson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you find this sermon inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. We trust God has great things in store for you. Enjoy today's message. I'm preaching the sermon I'm preaching today. But I just got to tell you one little thing that happened. So we're on our way up to Mount Bachelor, beyond Mount Bachelor, to Elk Lake. And uh, we've got, we're in the, uh, you know, this ancient uh, Toyota Sequoia that we're driving up there. And, and we stopped on the way at Chick-fil-A to get some dinner for the guys, the boys, because they were hungry. And on the way, Christopher, who's six, sitting next to David in the way back in the Sequoia, Christopher takes it upon himself to take his french fries and dump them on the head of his brother, David. I was so proud of James because he put his foot down, put the boy on timeout, immediately expressed his displeasure. Of course, I'm loving it. You know, grandpas have that, that luxury of, of laughing or trying not to laugh. But I thought this is so good. This, this dad is, is actually being a father, giving these kids boundaries and guardrails as they go through life. I was, so, I was just so pleased, so happy to see it. And it was a, it was a time of, it was just a time of real joy and relaxation. And of course, um, you know, I, I love those little boys, and they came out. I got a lot of affection from those little kids. But it was during that time that this sermon was, was birthed. And it's about our oneness in Christ. Because here I am in Bend, Oregon, which is just three hours' drive from Portland, and I guess they're still at it in Portland. And there has been... Millions of dollars of property damage. Some deaths have occurred. And I, I just, as I went, I wonder, I wondered what was the, what was the, the outflow from Portland because of this whole thing. But I also was reminded that I, as we were going up to the lake, I had to baptize little Luke. It just turns one in, a, in about a week and a half. And and so I thought about the text that I could preach on baptism, and this is the one I came to. This one that speaks of our, the fact that we are all children of God. We are all children of God. And all the distinctions that divide us, as Paul was arguing with Peter, all those distinctions are absolutely artificial. They're made up. They're social constructs. There is no difference between us. This is so fundamental to our faith. In Genesis, God created the man and the woman in his image and likeness. And Jesus, when he is carrying on his ministry, he meets the, the centurion. And he says of the centurion, who's a Roman soldier, he says, I've not seen this kind of faith in all of Israel. And then the Syrophoenician woman, how great is your faith? And then Peter meets Cornelius. Cornelius, who's a Gentile and an, another Roman soldier, is one who 
has had an experience of the Spirit of God. And so Peter comes to his house, and, and there he is as a Jew amongst a bunch of Gentiles. And he reminds him, I, I shouldn't be here. But he listens to Cornelius and his testimony and says, where's the water? we got to baptize him. The obliteration of all boundaries that separate people. This is absolutely fundamental to our faith. That we are no different from one another. And we discover that particularly when we find ourselves by the power of the Spirit of God converted to Christianity. When we receive Christ as our Savior and Lord and He does that inner transformation all of a sudden we see one another in a new way. We no longer see ourselves through those divisions. And so Paul says, in Christ there's no Jew or Greek, no slave or free, no male or female. Remember as a kid, during the uh, desegregationist protests and all of that was going on, I remember Dad, I was hardly paying attention to that stuff, but Dad paid attention. And he, uh, he was concerned. He said he thought that Martin Luther King Jr. was creating an atmosphere where, where violence broke out. And he was concerned that it may be that he was a bit of, that King was a bit of an inciter of the violence. I didn't know. I just listened to what Dad said, kind of. Uh, he was my dad, so he was wrong most of the time anyway. But, um, but then Dad came off of the I Have a Dream speech. He had listened to it on TV, and then he made a comment to Mom. He said, King is right. He's absolutely right. It's not the color of skin, it's the content of character. And those words were a tipping point for our culture. Everything changed with those prophetic words from King. And isn't it all of our experience that for the past 50 years, everyone has been trying to live into that reality? Not the color of skin. I mean, how shallow are we? It's a content of character. It's what people are made of that matters. And so corporations, academic institutions, organizations of all sorts, Everyone has been working hard to bring that about for the last 50 years. And now it seems that all that matters is color of skin. It seems that that's all we hear about. That this or that happens, and if it's white against black, it explodes in the media. And yet it is this reality that the church has spoken against for 2,000 years, that King, as a Christian, as a pastor of the church, spoke against. And I do remember those marches. They were locking arms and singing hymns. There's none of that today. These protests are not rooted and grounded in the Christian faith. They're rooted and grounded in Marxism. The way of faith is the way of nonviolence. The way of Marxism is violence. 
And we should not be deceived by that core reality of what's happening in our culture today. And so we have a responsibility as God's people to do what we can to live into and enact godly Christian love to one another without discrimination of any sort to Jew or Greek, slave or free, male or female, create the category, whatever you want. But that is our calling. That is the calling of the Christian church, and that is so fundamental to our faith. It is a non-negotiable of our faith. I almost have too much material today, so I'm going to have to, I'm going to, have to trim it back some. But I read a speech of Abraham Lincoln that he delivered in 1839. And he speaks about the fact that, that no foreign nation or collection of foreign nations would have the power to do so much as take a drink out of the Ohio or set a footprint in the Blue Ridge because you cannot, you cannot stop the the strength and the joy and the, the impulse of a free people. But he argues it is so critical that a free people maintain a very clear understanding of the rule of law. He says, let every American, every lover of liberty, every well-wisher to his prosperity swear by the blood of the revolution never to violate the least particular the laws of the country, and never to tolerate their violation by others. As patriots of 76 did to support the Declaration of Independence, so to the support of the Constitution and laws, let every American pledge his life, his property, and his sacred honor. Let every man remember that to violate the law is to trample on the blood of his father and to tear the character of his own and his children's liberty. Let reverence for the laws be, be, be breathed by every American mother to the lisping babe that prattles on her lap. Let it be taught in schools, in seminaries, and in colleges. Let it be written in primers, spelling books, and, and in almanacs. Let it be preached from the pulpit, proclaimed in legislative halls, and enforced in courts of justice. And in short, let it become the political religion of the nation. And let the old and the young, the rich and the poor, the grave and the merry, all sexes and all tongues, all colors and conditions, sacrifice unceasingly upon its altars. While ever a state of feeling such as this shall prevail throughout the nation, vain will be every effort and fruitless every attempt to subvert our national freedom. And so he calls upon Americans to honor and respect law and to honor and respect all people, no matter what. This is the, this is the legacy of faith. It's not the legacy of power. It's a legacy of faith that, that has come down to us now for 2,000 years. The American Association of Physical Anthropologists reminds us 
that there is really no difference between us. None. That the differences that we see are essentially constructs, both of identity, both of ourselves, as well as of culture. So they argue, or they, they present this paper. Race does not provide an accurate representation of human biological variation. It was never accurate in the past, and it remains inaccurate when referencing contemporary human populations. Humans are not divided biologically in distinct continental types or racial genetic clusters. Instead, the Western concept of race must be understood as a classification system that does not have its roots in biological reality. Humans are 99.9% of, share 99.9% .9 of DNA in common. That means 0.01% is what separates us from one another. The distribution of biological variation in our species demonstrates that our socially recognized races are not biological categories. Race is a social construct, not a meaningful biological category. So race is something, in essence, we have made up. It's a social construct. And it's, it's a social construct that Jesus deconstructs. He says it's not relevant. It doesn't matter. It's not how I see you. Let's face it, the only genetic reality that draws any kind of distinction is that between male and female. Otherwise, our DNA is all the same. And we can travel to the Incas, it's all the same. We can go to Lapland, it's the same up there. We can go down to the Congo, or we can go to Indonesia. It's all the same, 99.9%. You know, I've, I've thought about this. So my ancestors are all from Scandinavia and Eastern Europe. It's kind of boring, really. What if, I mean, so, you know, a bunch of blue-eyed, blonde-haired, red-haired people, well, Italian people are all kind of, generally speaking, dark-haired, brown-eyed. What if Swedes had redefined Italians as being somehow less than? Or Italians had defined Swedes that way. We know Norwegians define Swedes that way. <laughs> it's all social constructs. We make this stuff up. Jesus, Jesus says no. Jesus says these are distinctions that make no difference whatsoever. And to set it all aside, in Christ there's no Jew or Greek, slave or free, male or female. So we're driving up to Elk Lake. And... I know that James and Amy's best friends are going to be there. Now, when I pulled into the cul-de-sac where they live, 
on that cul-de-sac, there are all these, you know, they, they don't drive minivans up there. Everyone's got SUVs of some stripe. And so there are SUVs everywhere. There is a barbecue permanently located in the midst of the cul-de-sac. And little kids, those plastic um, push toys, and a skateboard, and there's a bike tipped over also. They don't need those little signs, you know, that you see out in neighborhoods every now and then, because anyone who drives in there sees that this is kid land in here. And and it, it was just just a beautiful snapshot of what of community. A year ago, I I got James and Amy one of those blow up movie screens, 17 foot movie screen, and so. They tell me how they have these parties out there with Mulan on the screen, kids running around, and moms and dads out talking. They got the barbecue going, and it's just a wonderful, wonderful place where they live. So that first night, I'm out in the back patio with James and Amy and the kids, and we're having dinner together, and and kids just start showing up in the backyard. Dogs start showing up, and then one of the one of the neighbors came back, and um, Asked why James and Amy asked why they're out, they aren't out on the cul-de-sac. Well, you know, Grandpa ruins everything. You know, I was there, so we were <laughs> having dinner out there. But he came and he stopped and he talked. Turns out he was a he's a police officer, about the age of James, around forty. And there had been an incident in Bend that week. It's on national news. And so James had been to a meeting at the church where the associate pastor had gone to that, tr- that, that protest. And she came back with this report, and it was uh, representative of what, what my, one might consider a kind of a Portland mentality that she reported. And yet here's this police officer. He's come in, and he comes in with a very different perspective. And they're talking away, and I'm just fascinated listening to this and learning about my grand or my my son-in-law, such a fine man, and, and yet he's open to talk to this this police officer. And, and I learned that these issues are far more nuanced than what we might believe. But but these two men were in disagreement. But they still love each other. And his kids, if I've got it right, I mean, who can keep track of this cul-de-sac? But I think he's the one with two little girls who could be sisters to the three little boys in James and Amy's house. Gorgeous little girls. And so we're driving up. And I thought, I wonder if Dale will be there. Earlier, we went over to his best friend's house who was giving him a, a sectional, a sectional that they'd had for like 15 years but was still in great shape because they'd spent a lot of money for it. They were moving to, uh, to a place where they had a view of the golf course and, and all that sort of thing. So we showed up at the house, and he came out. He's an African-American mortgage broker. Beautiful wife, beautiful kids. And I thought, I'll bet they'll be there. We arrived at the lake, and I had an opportunity to meet. There were about a dozen people there. There was another couple that I swear were, it must have been, uh, you know, uh, 
American Indians. I don't know if that's the right thing to call, <laughs> call them these days. We're all Native Americans, I guess. But So the, the gathering that was there, and Dale was there, and his best friends were there. And I thought, this is a beautiful sight. Here we are to acknowledge that we are baptized into Christ, into his church. That we are one in Christ. And all those distinctions are gone. And so with James and Amy and the boys who had a hard time behaving themselves and little Luke, we stepped out into the lake. Christopher's on the left. He's the one who dumped the french fries on David, who's on the right. David probably had it coming. And little Luke is just a perfect little boy. And I asked the parents, who is your Lord and Savior? I said, Jesus Christ. Do you trust in him? We do. Do you intend your child to be his disciple, obey his word, and show his love? We do. And I baptized him. Luke Robert Jagged. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy, and of the Holy Spirit. I baptized the other two. I don't know how well it took with the other twos. I hope I did a better job with number three. But we were made we were made to love one another without distinction because we are all one in Christ. We walked up from the shore, of course everyone was hugging each other and kissing each other. It's a little cold up there. And it was beautiful. God was glorified. I went up to sit in the car because it was cold, and I remember the words of Martin Luther. When life was tough and things were, things were stressful for him, he would repeat to himself again and again, I am baptized. I am baptized. I am baptized. That means that we belong to Christ, and we follow him and we accept his definition of the human race of one another set aside all of our fake views about one another and take on the true view that we are all one in Christ will you join me in prayer Lord thank you Thank you that even though we all sin, you love us still. Even though we don't deserve it, you love us still. Even though we will fail you again and again, you love us still. Thank you, O Lord, that in baptism you put your kiss on us and show that we belong to you. 
We praise you in the name of Jesus Christ, who is our Savior and Lord. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a few things you can do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.naplescommunitychurch.org. If you happen to be visiting Naples, please drop in for our Sunday service at 10 a.m. We'd love to meet you. Thanks again for joining us. Have a fabulous day.